Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the Awesome MMA Strategy Show for UFC Vegas number 35. Of course, I am Jason Ford. As always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. here to break down Saturday's UFC Fight Night card. That'll take place inside the UFC Apex. Going to be headlined by a striker's delight matchup between Edson Barboza and Gigas Kakaze. I know Pete's excited for this one because uh-huh. uh, this is right up Pete's alley with the two strikers that you have there. Uh, in terms of this matchup, of course, uh, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We'll talk a little bit about Monkey Knife Fight later on in the show. Also, you got to check out the brand new college football podcast that we we have here at Osmo as college football week zero starts this weekend. And we have got you covered with our brand new college football podcast, betting you Ben Ross and Matt Jeski take you through each conference and the best bets on the board. Betting you is available now, wherever you get your podcast with new episodes dropping on Wednesday. I'm a huge college football fan. So looking forward to week zero and then uh, week one next weekend, labor day weekend of course uh by the way just a little programming announcement out there i will not be here once again on saturday for live for lock as uh i got a buccaneers radio network broadcast so i will not be able to do live for lock here so but i am here for the next hour for the strategy show of course as always i'm joined by the fighter pete rogers jr pete uh by the way, apparently for people who are not following Pete on Instagram, you would know uh, Pete's been uh, he's been hard at work outside cleaning up uh, uh, you know, from the storm last week. So, so how, how are we doing in terms of uh, getting everything cleaned up, man? My goodness, man. We got smoked up here by the hurricane. Um, not so much for like the surrounding towns and areas, but like our house and property in particular, like we had numerous trees fall down and take out the power lines, rip the lines out of the house. Uh, I just got cable and internet. I think it was yesterday. Um, it's been a process, man. And then chopping up the wood and just kind of cleaning up the whole yard and, you know, damaged it. And there was a lot of damage, but it could have been a lot worse, right? Like it could have smoked the house or taken out our cars. Um, but yeah, I mean, you Florida boys are, are comfortable and used to those hurricanes, but, uh, up here, I, I just, I just feel like we're unprepared in regards to that, but, uh, you know, things could always be worse, but I'm happy to, to be able to do this show. I didn't know if I was going to be able to. And, I, you know, looking at this card, Jason, this card is pretty exciting, right? Like the main event's pretty exciting. I really like the main event. It's a striker's delight, as you put it. 
And I do think that there are some interesting spots to target on this, you know, fight card, you know, some relatively low level, if you really want to like put it in comparison to other cards. But uh, I think this is going to be a very nice DFS slate. And I will tell you, there is one fight in terms of the monkey knife fight props out there that has already stuck out to me. And I think it's something that you do got to take advantage of. Of course, uh, if you do have any questions on the fight, leave those right now in the YouTube chat. Also over our premium MMA Slack channel, we'll get to those questions throughout the show. Of course, uh, if you're new to Osmo, be sure to subscribe to Osmo right here on YouTube. Got a ton of great shows for you. Each and every day, of course, coming up after us will be MLB Deeper Dive and MLB Live for Lock as the guys will get you ready for tonight's MLB action. Of course, if you're not an awesome subscriber and you want to get a little peek of what is behind the paywall, today's free premium tools and data are MLB main slate ownerships. If you're looking to take that plunge to become an also plus member, you got to check out that free premium content we have over there to help develop your MLB lines. With Pete, let's get right into this main event. Strikers Delight, I think, is about the best way to put this one. Edson Barboza and Gigi Kaze, and it's your favorite salary fight, 8,200, <laughs> 8,000. Edson Barboza is the 8,200 fighter, 8,000 for Chikaze. Over on FanDuel, $19 for Barboza, $18 for Chikaze. And, uh, you know, one of the things I, I always like to write down is some of the prop bets that I like in terms of this card and uh, ones that really stuck out to me in terms of this one is the fight going the distance? Barboza wins via decision plus 300. Jakaze wins via decision plus 400. I, I truly do feel that this is a fight that we're going to see go out uh, over 25 minutes. I, I don't think the stoppage is coming in this one. It's an interesting uh, point, and I think I might agree with you. Um, you know, based on you know their defensive ability as well. Yes, they're prolific offensive strikers, but you know, uh, Edson Barboza, fifty nine percent striking defense. Giga Chikaze, uh, lower sample size, but uh, you know, around sixty percent for striking defense. But just in general, styles make fights, and I do think that these guys are going to be a little bit more selective with their shots. Um, and in addition to being selective they're going to have an opponent that can answer their combinations or start to counter off of some of those. So I will say that uh, I feel like this could be like a tit for tat type of fight where, you know, they throw a combination and, you know, they go back and forth with it and we're going to be left scratching our heads saying, man, I, this is a really close fight and a lot closer than uh, probably, you know, what the line is suggesting. I know that a lot of people, including myself, like Edson Barboza in the fight. I mean, how can you not, he has the more solid resume, He's the more more well-rounded fighter. He's fought the legitimate competition. Um, Giga Chikaze, super dangerous, uh, excellent kicks, good kicks to the body, tricky, tricky left leg of his, which is, you know, it displays his, you know, excellent kicking dexterity where he's able to flip, you know, that leg, you know, any which way he wants. He digs that ball of his foot into the liver, which is a little bit different. And I've seen some people going back and forth on Twitter saying, you know, it's just a liver kick. Well, it's really not just a liver kick because it's not a roundhouse to the to the liver. When he plants that kick into the liver, he's hitting with the front ball. So when he's hitting you with the ball of his foot, it's, it's similar to a front kick to the body, but the angle of it is coming like a round kick. So that's why he's calling it the Giga kick. Um, in general, I do favor Edson Barboza in the fight based on the salary. It's going to be tough to get away from, and you're going to be left plugging one of these guys into your lineups. Um, I'm expecting around 90 points or so. I'm not really, you know, I'm tempering expectations a little bit, but I am siding with Edson Barboza in the fight. I think that he can do enough. His experience will shine through, but let me tell you an upset in this fight, you know, based on the style stylistic matchup really wouldn't surprise me. 
I like what you said there, you know, temping, temperaturing your expectations in terms yeah. of how many points could get scored in this one. Because, you know, if this is a fight that is just 25 minutes of a kickboxing matchup, there's no takedowns, no knockdowns, that's going to kind of limit what that final score could be. You know, I did find it interesting overall monkey knife fight, the, the total strikes for this one in terms of the number that's out there right now. Edson Barboza, 119 and a half. But was the interesting part of that one? I think that's an, a very accurate number. Yeah, I think you can. You're probably going to be somewhere in that range. But for Giga, it was 66 and a half, which I thought was a pretty low number for a fight that I do expect to go 25 minutes or so. I mean, I think it's just a matter of you know how much of do we see Barboza with the leg kicks? I mean, I think that to me is really the big thing in terms of this one. And I'm like you, I think this is a fight that because of salary, you gotta. You got to be circling this fight as saying this is one of those fights that you have to have maximum exposure to. Yeah, you know, and because of the stylistic matchup, I probably wouldn't want to have so much, but because of the price, I'm like lured into it a little bit more than I would typically be. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, Edson Barboza at 145 pounds looks amazing. Uh, I do worry about maybe a cut to such a low weight class possibly affecting his durability. But I can't really say that until we've seen it. Um, you know, I do really like Edson Barboza. 8,200 is my my lean in the fight. Um, but it's just the strength of schedule, right? And how close some of Giga Chikadze's early fights were. Yes, he's on back-to-back KO wins. He got a nice knockout over uh, Cub Swanson, you know, showed off that excellent kick to the body. But prior to that, had some close decisions in the UFC. And let's be real, if Edson Barboza mixes in some takedowns, it's not going to be a close fight. I, I like Edson Barboza, you know, from the boxing, the kickboxing in the clinch. I'm siding with him in the fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's A, the pricing, but B, also the fact that this is scheduled for 25 minutes of why I feel in terms of DFS that you got to go there. Of course, we'll give our straight up uh, picks later on in the show. But to me, this is a very close fight. And Giga is a fighter who has been he's been trying to get this type of fight you know there's a lot of guys that maybe necessarily don't want to sign to fight him because of what he can do from the stand-up range but i think it's a very close fight here i will have exposure to both of these guys Mm -hmm. uh you know it's one of the situations i mean this is full disclosure the fact that you know i've got a broadcast on saturday night i I won't have a ton of lineups that's where i rely on pete say pete if you're a really good friend you will text me if there's a change and i need to make some quick changes to some lineups Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we lucked out last week and, um, you know, hopefully we can keep it going with no cancellations or dropouts or anything like that, anything crazy. So, uh, yeah, definitely smash exposure to this um, to this fight. Now, of course, this card is going to feature the finals for this season's Ultimate Fighter, the co-main event. We've got Brian Battle taking on Gilbert Urbina. Battle 8,600, Urbina 7,600. Of course, uh, uh, Urbina stepping in for the injury to Trace on Gore in this one. Uh, you know, Battle did kind of talk about it. I said, you know, we had plenty of time of, of knowing, uh, you know, in the change here. He says there's a little bit of a change, but not too much of a change. Um, you know, in terms of, of both these guys, and look, when I look at uh, all of this season of the Ultimate Fighter, I mean, I think we're talking about. You know, the, these are all fighters who, I mean, look, they're, they're regional prospects in, in terms of this one. But what's your talk on, on Battle and Urbina? Yeah, I think that uh, Brian Battle will probably be a very chalky play. Um, 8,600, he's not really priced up too much. He has somewhat of a late replacement in Urbina stepping in. I think it would have been a completely different fight if Treshawn Gorse was in this fight, but uh, he's not, obviously. And uh, I think that 8,600 in the mid-range, 
you know, I'm okay with getting to him. And I think that he could possibly stop Urbina, you know, on the ultimate fighter. You did see Urbina get dropped numerous times in the Gore matchup where he was dropped with a jab in a couple of sequences. Um, you know, the durability is in question, but why I will say the path to victory for Urbina is implementing takedowns and trying to nullify that decently strong striking of Brian battle, uh, put him on the mat and look to submit him, similar to how Brian battle lost, uh, his lone pro fight where he was submitted via armbar. I do think that Urbina has a path to victory, uh, a guy that has a ton of submissions on his record. And, um, you know, it's just, it's going to be tough sledding. It really is. I, I think he's going to be trying to implement takedowns early, trying to, you know, stay away from the dangerous Brian battle at range, but I I'm siding with Brian battle in the, in the, uh, the matchup, um, outside of a contrarian approach, Urbina is going to be a guy that, I'm not going to have too much exposure to. I think just the price, everything makes too much sense for battle at 8,600. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that one in terms of battle. 17 and 13 over in FanDuel, so you got to do pay a, a little bit up for Brian Battle. I mean, this, this is my only concern when we're talking about these ultimate fighter fights is, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of before the ultimate fight or kind of some of the level of competition Correct. that they were facing. That, that to me, is a little bit of concern in, in talking about having so much trust for them to put them in my lineups. Yeah, if you don't want to overthink it, right? Like, I think a, a pretty smart approach would be, you know, have exposure to the underdog in any of these ultimate fighter fights, right? Like, yeah, having exposure to the underdog because at the, you know, the grand scheme of things, this is somewhat low level in comparison to what we're, we're used to. Um, and, you know, all it takes is one round or one moment in a round for these guys to really turn the tide of the fight. And you see it often in ultimate fighter, how many people have to, you know, they, they can come, come from behind and pull it off or who has the better cardio or who gets clipped with a shot. So I'm, I'm totally with you there, but it, it's Brian battle for me in this matchup. Uh, then we've got the band weight final between Ricky and Brady, Ricky, 8,700 Brady, 7,500 Ricky Turcos is a guy that has really been around the scene for a while. It was always kind of a win or two. You thought he was going to get into the UFC. So now, uh, he's 8700 over on DraftKings, $18 on FanDuel. I have some people kind of talking about maybe Brady is one of those underdogs to target this week. Yeah, and it's a great point, right? Like, in regards to the Brian Battle Urbina fight or the Ricky Tercios uh, Brady high stand fight, I will probably have more exposure to Brady high stand, the underdog in this matchup. And the reason for it is the DraftKings scoring system, right? We're always talking about, you know, targeting those strong wrestlers with good grappling or strong wrestlers with, uh, you know, just like, you know, good takedowns and good top control. And that's Brady high stand. Really. That's going to be his game It's going to get into face of uh, Ricky Tercios, close that distance, pin him against the cage, work on relentless takedowns, uh, you know, Matt returns at times. And I will say that Ricky Tercios, is dangerous on the feet, very dangerous on the feet. But from a DraftKings standpoint, right? I think outside of a submission win, I'm not. I don't. I don't think he'll TKO. Uh, you know, Brady High Stand Tercios has some really good BJJ. Um, but uh, I, I think that's how at 8700 he's going to be able to pay off that price tag. But Brady High Stand really doesn't have to do a lot at 7500, especially if he gets some takedowns and conceals some rounds. Um, you know, on the ultimate fighter, you did see Tercios get taken down in a couple of his fights. And uh, I look at Brady Heistan as some, some guy like he's a dark horse for the show where I'm like, man. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan 
but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. I can't believe that he's as strong. You know what I mean? You don't realize how strong somebody is until you watch him in a fight and you're like, okay, that's how I can gauge it. And it just seems like he's a little bit overwhelming for his opponents. And at 7,500, I want exposure to Brady Highstand. I'm I'm siding with Brady Highstand in the matchup, especially for DraftKings because of the scoring. But uh, if Ricky, you know, Tercios keeps his fight on the feet, I definitely can see him, you know, uh, kind of outlasting him and outpointing him from the outside. Of course, uh, fancy football season is here, and the Oslo Fancy Football Draft Kit is now available for season-long and best ball fantasy leagues. The same projections, tools, analysis we use for NFL DFS goes into this package, which includes our draft wingman. I will tell you, I used the draft wingman last year to help develop my teams, and I highly recommend taking advantage of this. Also, it includes our best ball ranking, stacking guide, trade value chart, and so much more. And you'll also receive up to $35 credit for underdog and FFPC leagues. You can get this package for 33% off when you use the promo code WR at checkout. That's less than $10 for everything we have to offer for season long and best ball. Just click the link in the description of this video to activate that offer. I can highly recommend that draft wingman is something that I used last year to develop my lineups. I mean, look, I, there's certain teams in this league. I know I'm up and down. They're the NFC South teams, but uh, sometimes I need a little help, about, especially those AFC teams. I, I really don't pay too much attention to because of my uh, my focus is so much centered around the Bucks and, and the NFC South. So you got to take advantage of that fantasy football draft kit that we have here at awesomeo.com. Let's move on next up to a welterweight matchup between Kevin Lee and Daniel Rodriguez. Kevin Lee, 8,500. Daniel Rodriguez. 7,700. Of course, Kevin Lee was initially supposed to be taking on Sean Brady in this spot. Of course, Sean Brady pulled out due to an injury. And, and Pete, the thing that stuck out to me that I just coming in when you know this fight was announced and I was doing some prep here for the show, I just thought Daniel Rodriguez has got to have a size advantage in this one. And that's not the case. We're talking about reach. I was really surprised by that stat. Yeah, I was surprised by it as well, because, you know, you think about Kevin Lee coming from the lightweight division and, you know, having, uh, you know, a couple fights at welterweight. But I do think that he's, um, you know, a lightweight that cut a tremendous amount of weight. And maybe this is a home for him here. I mean, he's kind of like making that the case. But I will say that I think that Daniel Rodriguez is, is you know, going to be a big guy, you know, for him to fight. And um, I'm interested in this matchup. And I view this fight as a must roster fight, in my opinion. I feel like uh, I can see this going either way, where Kevin Lee looks like the Kevin Lee of old, implements some strong takedowns and uh, some good top pressure and, and tries to work towards a finish. We've seen Kevin Lee look tremendous at times, right? But we've also seen that cardio liability where it really drops off a cliff. And that's where I'm like pausing with picking Kevin Lee in this matchup because I do feel like, you know, he's coming off of a lot of adversity, right? Like he's just having to come off of some surgeries. Um, a layoff, uh, you're talking about, you know, now at a higher weight class for me, right. I feel like he was a dominant force at welter. I mean, at lightweight, because he was a strong, strong guy at that weight class and, uh, his volumes concerning for me as well, because I do feel like Daniel Rodriguez, his output is excellent for the division in terms of striking. Um, if, if Daniel Rodriguez keep it on the feet, I mean, 
based on the small sample size in the UFC, Daniel Rodriguez, 8.07 strikes per minute, whereas Kevin Lee's 3.9. That's a, that's a pretty big difference. That's nearly two to one. Um, And I will say that, you know, Kevin Lee needs to implement takedowns, but it's going to be some tough sledding at times because Daniel Rodriguez works back to his feet, 83% takedown defensive rating styles, make fights. Kevin Lee's really, really strong, but Daniel Rodriguez is threatening standing up and striking, but also when Kevin Lee gets tired, Daniel Rodriguez has some slick submission. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just out of the Kevin Lee business personally, but for DFS, I have to have exposure to him because of his wrestling pedigree and uh, his style, because if he can go out there and mix in several takedowns in a decision or finish, I mean, we're talking about a guy that could break the slate here. Samuel, I appreciate you in the super chat. We'll get to your super chats uh, at the end of the show. Like usual. I mean, look, this is the thing, Kevin Lee, there are times that, I mean, look, he, he looks like an elite guy and, and the move up to Welch weight was just a fact of just making 55 was just, it was too tough for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Daniel Rodriguez is a 10th plan jujitsu guy. So I think he, he do, if he does utilize wrestling in this matchup, I think that has got to be, you know, you got to watch yourself. If you take that one on the ground, you know, of what potentially Daniel Rodriguez t- could do on the mat. Um, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of unknowns. I mean, Kevin Lee, you know, because of the injuries, he had a brief retirement and now he's, he's coming out of retirement. And I mean, look, I think that he probably looks at Kiesa moving up to 170 and saying, okay, if he could do it, I could do it. Um, but, uh, you know, this is one where I will tell you, I'm going to sprinkle some Daniel Rodriguez in there as one of the, you know, we always talk about those, those fires you're going to put in the, your pool that are underneath 8,000, you know, those underdogs that you say, you know, let me throw them in there. Cause I think he, you know, he has a chance to get in there, but uh, if Kevin Lee does utilize his wrestling, man, that could lead to a monster DFS score. It definitely can. Um, and I understand if you're looking at like box scores or whatnot, Mike Perry took down Daniel Rodriguez two out of four times. Um, you know, Tim means took down Daniel Rodriguez one out of three times. So I fully expect uh, Kevin Lee to take down Daniel Rodriguez. But in each of those fights, we've seen Daniel, Daniel Rodriguez work back to his feet and he has decent cardio, pretty good cardio. I think he has better cardio than Kevin Lee, uh, the high volume. And after round one, Kevin Lee gets less and less dangerous. So for me, I'm a little different, uh, a little, uh, you know, a little bit different on this matchup. And I feel like I'm, I'm siding more with uh, Daniel Rodriguez. So I will be more aggressive than you with Daniel Rodriguez and uh, definitely including some Kevin Lee in my, in my pools. But uh, I think that he could pull pull off the upset here, man. He's been the more active guy lately. Yes. His strength of schedule is nowhere near, uh, you know, Kevin Lee, but I, I do think that, you know, Daniel Rodriguez possesses skills to get this done. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the things of I want to look at those weigh-ins tomorrow. What does Kevin Lee look like on the scale at 170 pounds as opposed to what we saw in there at 155 pounds? Next up, we got a matchup of, once again, these are two fighters that competed on this season of the Ultimate Fire, Andre Petrovsky and Michael Gilmore. Gilmore, I thought, said something really interesting to the media yesterday. He said, he goes, it was last Tuesday that he got the call for this one. He said, when he got, he said, he goes, I was taking a nap. And he goes, normally, I'm taking a nap i see a number i don't recognize i just don't even pay attention to it he goes but for some reason i decided i should pick it up well it was mick maynard on the phone offering his fight and he said he goes look mick didn't even tell me who the fighter was he didn't tell me if he was at 70 or 85 i just said yes and uh he said uh so this is the matchup here petrosky a huge betting favorite i want to say he's the second highest betting favorite on this card uh behind murdoff and uh, I do like Petrosky in this fight. It's a huge price tag in terms of the betting lines over on, on DraftKings. He's $9,200, $22 on FanDuel. I do like Petrosky in this spot, though. 
Yeah, I really like Andre Petrosky here in this matchup against Michael Gilmore. Um, you know, these guys, these guys are relatively low level. We talk about it because it is uh, the ultimate fighter. But from what I've seen from Andre Petrosky, honestly, I've been actually pretty impressed outside of him, you know, uh, losing on the ultimate fighter. Uh, I thought that, you know, he has a good game, really, really good wrestling. Um, you know, he's very aggressive, good submission game, good top game. It's just uh, cardio might be a liability here. So if somebody's able to prevent takedowns and kind of just, you know, prevent a few takedowns and make him work, that high work rate might actually fatigue uh, Andre Petrosky. But I don't think that Michael Gilmore can do that in this matchup. Gilmore is probably the better striker of the two, uh, comes from a striking background. But I think that the price range, 9200 for uh, for Petrosky, I think it's warranted. I really do. I think that he can get at least one takedown um, and work towards a finish. It might be an early finish. It might be within, you know, two rounds, two and a half rounds where he can actually accumulate some stats. So 9,200, I really like Petrosky. Gilmore's probably one of the most contrarian picks on the entire slate. I don't have much uh, interest in him, to be honest. And I just think that this is a stylistic match, uh, stylistic nightmare for him. Uh, Petrosky, 9,200, one of my favorite fighters on the slate. He was actually, when this season of the Ultimate Fire started, Petrosky was one of those guys I was kind of circling and saying, you know what, I think this is a guy I potentially pay, you know, look forward mm -hmm. to moving forward. And obviously, both these guys are, they know they're in a situation where the likely scenario is when you stay in the UFC, lose, you're probably back to the regional scene. And, mm -hmm. and Gallimore, even without saying it, he, he understands what's on here. Uh, then next up, we got the other biggest favorite on this car. You got Muradov taking on Mearshart Muradov. 9,300, 6,900 for Gerald Merchardt. Look, I'm not saying I'm picking Gerald Merchardt in this fight because I'm not. However, the I, there is a extremely juicy prop out there. If Gerald Merchardt's winning this fight, the likelihood is he's winning this fight via submission. Pete, I'm seeing as high as 10 to 1 Gerald Merchardt to win by submission. And, and I know I was watching... Um, Blah Muhammad's show the uh, about within like that's two or three weeks, and he had said he's like, look, Gerald Mershart. He goes, it just hasn't translated from the gym to fight night, and and I think you know where I'm going with this one mm -hmm. is where he is unbelievable in the gym. It just hasn't correlated on fight night in the UFC. Yeah, I get that, man. I, I've struggled with that. I think every fighter struggles with that to a point where you want to really showcase your full potential. It's very difficult to be, uh, you know at the top of your game under the bright lights when, when it means the most. And some people underperform under the lights and some people overperform a guy like uh, Clay Guida notoriously bad in the gym, amazing under the lights. It's just amazing how this sport is. I will say that this matchup, I really like Mahmoud Muradov in this fight. Um, he's a big favorite, but I do think that he's a, a great play 9,300. He packs a big punch and Mearshart has been, uh, you know, knocked out. Uh, you think about what happened against Ian Heinish and then against Chemayev. Yes, he caught a submission against Fabinski, but on the feet, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very difficult for him to, uh, you know, land shots and avoid getting knocked down against Muradov. He needs to implement takedowns immediately, try to smother Muradov against the cage. But Muradov has good wrestling as well. So um, for me, I agree with you completely. If Gerald Mearshart pulls this, pulls this off somehow, it's from finding the neck of Muradov, who has been submitted from a guillotine uh, like eight years ago. So, it, you know, there, there is a path there. So at 10 to 1, it's definitely warranted. But for me, it's Muradov, 9,300. I like it. Just, you know, be careful because he could stay on the outside and just be a sniper and pick apart Mearshart 
which doesn't really translate towards, you know, DFS. This is a much better betting opportunity where like, you know, you put Murdov in there as like a parlay piece, you know, just to kind of boost up your totals and all this and that. But I will say for 9,300 DFS, maybe he's, uh, you know, a little bit better over on the FanDuel platform where, you know, he's going to have to stuff some takedowns. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking that as you were talking is when we're talking about those $20 and up options over on FanDuel, those fires that you feel pretty confident that, you know, they're going to win seven, eight, nine out of 10 times. You know, mm-hmm. He is someone I think you have to look at because you know the likelihood is he's going to have to stop takedowns because that is a clear path to Gerald Merchard winning this fight, making it a grappling matchup, probably making it probably an ugly fight against the fence. You mentioned about the, you know, in terms of, you know, if you're going to add Murdoff as a parlay piece, I don't want to get to the minus 630. That's just so high. I'm looking at trying to find maybe one of those props. You know, via TKO, maybe look at the decision prop is there in terms of adding him as a parlay piece. But to me, Gerald Mershart, if he is going to win this matchup, it's him submitting Murdoff. 100%, right? Like for me, that's how I think it's going to go. And uh, it's kind of funny, right? Where we talk about these high, you know, these fighter with fighters with some high odds that adding them to parlay pieces that it could actually turn, you know, end up being a nightmare. Uh, I had a pretty big parlay. And, um, I think it was like six or seven leg and I had uh, Logan Storley and on the book that I, that I go with, it's like, he was like a minus 4,000, uh, favorite or something crazy like that. I, I believe it was minus four, 4,500. And he damn near blew that fight for me, Jason. And, uh, it just goes to show you, it's not worth it sometimes where you have to just target these, uh, these closer odds. Um, and that's, that's where things can get tough. But, uh, for me, it's uh, it's Murdoff. I, I really like him in the fight, and I think he's a safe play. If you're thinking about cash, I think he's going to win the fight uh, nine out of ten times. Yeah, I saw uh, someone I follow on Twitter who's, who talks a lot about the MMA gambling side of the equation. Yeah, and during that Logan Story fight, goes you have to realize how many betters were sweating out when they heard it's a split decision. I was one of them because like I'm I'm having some great stuff come through on 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 this parlay and. I'm like, of all people, Storley almost blew it. And and the reason he almost blew it is because he fatigued himself so much by facing a guy who was able to stuff some takedowns and uh, make him work, got back to guard a lot. Um, Storley kept passing the half guard, and then he just kept working from there. Uh, he'd get to side control and just made Storley really have to, you know, utilize his cardio. And next thing you know, he was uh, he was having a very difficult time in the matchup. Yeah, it's it's one of those things of me looking. Uh, I do not recommend going back and watching that fight. First off, uh, it was not a exciting fight at all to watch. I, I was sitting there, and then but if you did stick in for that Bellator card last week, the comeback from Czech Congo there at the end, and literally, if um... for the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Karatanov does not tap out with one second left in the second round. What I don't know if Czech Congo makes it out for the third round. So crazy, right? Like, you know, it's it's a, a little bit of we've seen Carton of quick tap before. He's quick tapped numerous times. And uh, you know, Czech Congo really got him close to it. And then he he tapped. That's the worst thing ever tapping when there's one second left. Oh my goodness, that's gotta be brutal. It, it, to me, it was just it was pure exhaustion. In terms of, and I check was like just laying on the mat for like 10 minutes after know, that fight's yeah. over. And I'll tell you, like, he took his gloves off, and I'm like, hold on. Is he retired? No, he's just tired. Uh, uh, look, yeah. that, that was the very first thought. I mean, he's 46 years old. And so, like, right. I, I log into the, the Zoom post fight scrum, and they're like, and, and they come on, so, oh, check's not going to take advantage. You know, good night. See you in a couple of weeks. And I was like, and then I just started creeping on Instagram to see, but I haven't seen anything that's, uh, that, but yeah, 46 years old, man. You're up there, man. You're up there. MMA. You can do that heavyweight. Yeah, exactly. Age doesn't matter at heavyweight. Any other weight class, it matters. Yeah, of course. Uh, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight with Monkey Knife Fight. You are in charge. You got to take advantage of the promo they have for the Osmo MMA Watcher. If you, for the if you instant first match deposit of up to $100, we use that promo code Osmo. Once again, first match deposit of up to $100. When you use the promo code Osmo, sign up right now at monkeyknifefight.com. There are two fights I want to bring up in terms of Monkey Knife Fight. The main event is one of them, Edson Barboza versus Chikaze. Barboza, 119.5. Chikaze, 66.5. To me, it's a automatic more on Chikaze at 66.5 just because I believe this fight is going to go 25 minutes. Now, the 119.5. That's tough. If you tell me that Barboza is is using leg kicks frequently and often, I think you go more. But if it's a more boxing-centric matchup, I might say less on 119.5. Well, the reason I don't know if the leg kick's going to be such a uh, a tool in this matchup is because Chikaze really likes to fight out of the southpaw stance at, at times. And, uh, you know, Barboza would be limited to an inside kick with his rear leg, or he could be doing an outside leg kick with his front leg. But, uh, you know, he's kind of still stuck in the middle, you know, getting hit with a counter shot. So I don't really know if uh, they're not opposite stance. Well, I mean, they are opposite stance. So um, you might see more body kicks, more head kicks. That's tricky. I wonder if being patient and waiting a little bit, if you could get a better line on Barboza, you already know that the Chikadze line is going to get you know bumped up. It's an automatic more right now on Chikadze. Yeah. But will patience boost Barboza's line higher or will they reduce it a little bit? And maybe you can you know get a better better spot yeah i don't know man that, that's it's an interesting line another one that kind of stuck out to me there's two other ones that stuck out to me the second one we'll talk later on the show because we haven't gotten to that fight yet but kevin lee versus daniel rodriguez kevin lee 64 and a half daniel rodriguez 71 and a half to me i think the kevin lee number is too low because mm-hmm. if he utilizes that wrestling game he's going to land some strikes on the mat 
And I just think that 64 and a half is a low number, unless you think, you know, potentially we're going to see a stoppage in the first or second round. The number on Rodriguez at 71 and a half, I lean going less. You know what, Jason? I, um, I might be different than you. I might say less on Kevin Lee and more on Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I really might because Kevin Lee is going to, you know, probably look to close the distance, implement takedowns. I think that some could get stuffed at times. And uh, you already know that his cardio is not the best. So I think that his output could be affected by it. Whereas Daniel Rodriguez, if he needs to come from behind, I think that he's going to have to really up the ante and start to, you know, throw tons of shots. So I will be opposite from what, from what you said, oddly enough. Uh, so, you know, we were just talking about the Czech Congo, Sari Karatanov, and we got a question from one of our viewers right now about you, Pete. Goes, oh. This was from Joshua. Pete, would you tap or go to sleep? Well, I think from now on, I think I'd go to sleep, to be honest. Well, but think about it. Jornel Lugo fight against Keith Lee. Yeah. Basically, he goes to sleep and mm. essentially wakes up and, and a ref comes in and says, nope, it's over. You are out. Yeah, and I, mean, I actually like that stoppage. I thought it was a good stoppage because Keith Lee had no idea where he was. Agreed. I I, I would agree with you. It was uh, remember the um, Dalish Vili Ricky Simone fight, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, another a one. Similar circumstance, and uh, you know, if it's you hear that ten second clapper, you can't you can't tap. You gotta just try to gut as bad as it is, as painful as it is, as much as you want to breathe. You just gotta try to you know gut it out, and um, you know, Karatonov's. Oh, you know, not a legend, but is a staple for the heavyweight division. So I can't be telling him anything, but I, I will say that Karatanov probably is kicking himself a little bit like, man, I should have waited, you know, a second or two and then seeing if I was okay. By the way, I can't help myself here. As I look at the picture in your background, who is that baby face Pete? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I no facial hair and a faux hawk or a mohawk or whatever the hell I was wrecking. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a while ago, man. Yeah, based on the logos of the Bellator cage, I'm 2013? No, I think it was 2015. Okay. 2014, 2015? Yeah, so about six years ago. Yeah, it was a while, that was a while ago, bro. <laughs> Newsflash, that was a while ago. Yeah. There, yeah you, sure. you put a picture on your your uh, your Facebook memories the other day. I was like, ooh, look at Pete looking super young, like he's 16 years old. I don't remember what I did, but yeah, man. You were probably I, like 21, 22, but yeah, you had you had that baby face. Yeah. I graduated high school 133 pounds and six feet, no facial hair. Um, yeah, man. We all get older, right? We lose yeah, we lose hair from the top was... of our head and it goes to our face. So yeah, 133. Have not seen that number in a long time. <laughs> long time. Yeah, man. I hey, I haven't <laughs> seen that number in a long time either, brother. Uh, and hopefully you never see that number again. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next matchup on the card. We got Alicia DiCherico taking on uh, Abdul Razik Al Hassan. Al Hassan is a guy that has he's lost three in a row. He was a two to three of if if you're going to put him in your lineups, I mean, you know what potentially this guy can do. I just don't know if he's going to be able to land that shot to drop uh, DeCherico early on in this fight. It, also, the other concern I have with Al Hassan, and we've seen this in his past couple of fights, is the lack of volume. Okay, we've seen a lot with uh, Razak Al Hassan's previous fights, right? Lack of volume, um, poor fight IQ, uh, poor wrestling defense, and uh, you know Alessio DeCherico in his losses 
you know, he's lost some some close fights, but I don't really think that uh, Al Hassan can get Dakirko out of there. If we're being honest, I I really think that Dakirko, um, you know, outside of a uh, an Eric Spicely submission, he's lost only by decision to Boyan Velikovic, Kevin Holland, Mahmoud Muradov, Zach Cummings, and he's fought some legitimate competition. I might be out of the the uh, Al Hassan business, man. I really might be out of the Al Hassan business. He's burned me too much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this could be a, a spot where a lot of people are feeling the way I am, where they don't want to put their money behind a fighter that's let them down several times. But, you know, maybe these maybe these early knockouts are somewhat fluky if we go back and we're kind of looking at them. Um, you know, he fought 3-1 and one Charlie Ward, got a first-round knockout. Um, and then two first-round knockouts over, you know, back-to-back against Sabah Hamasi. Um, and then Nico Price, you know, the Nico Price one definitely aged well. Sabah Hamasi too, like in Bellator has been pretty, pretty decent, but I, I think that's his only path to victory. And everybody knows that, um, he needs to keep the fight on the feet. Dakirko will mix in takedowns when he needs to. He's done it in the past to solidify rounds. He hits really, really hard. We've seen Al Hassan knocked out. I just, I'm leaning Dakirko, man. He, he hasn't really burned me so much. He's coming off of a very, very nice knockout. Um, over Joaquin Buckley. I'm not expecting him to get a finish. I'll probably be underweight to this fight, if we're being honest. The price point of Dakirko, he needs to get a finish at 8,900, um, or he needs to really mollywop him with some takedowns. I don't know. I'll be slightly underweight, but I'm leaning Dakirko to pull it off. Well, I mean, I think that if you're looking to take a plus 8,700 and above fire on, on DraftKings. I think DeCherico is someone to look at because of a potential leverage spot that a lot of people aren't going to get there. You mm-hmm. know, I think you bring up a great point, you know, potentially scoring some takedowns, secure rounds, whatnot. You know, a- as I look at our ownership projections, and of course, if you want to get access to that, you can sign up for an also a plus uh, MMA weekly pass. It, 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 to me, DeCherico is one of those guys in terms of those higher price options that I do think you're going to look at just to basically you know help separate yourself a little bit from the field yeah i like it and you know if you're playing in tournaments especially high stake tournaments you have to target these spots and and notice where you can get different and see what the field's doing and you know zig when they zag and uh that's how you end up taking down a tournament and i will tell you that you know i'm not expecting takiriko to have like a massive output advantage because he's not he's pretty reserved 3.3 strikes landed whereas al hassan has slightly better at 3.7 um, it's just the fight IQ and the takedowns. He's average, uh, Takiriko's averaging 1.6 per fight. Um, not really getting them at the highest clip at 45%, but Al Hassan just seems like the fatigue gets the best of them at times. And in addition to that, when you see a fighter, like, yes, some fighters need to make adjustments and changes to training camps, but they like leave camps to go here and there thinking that that's going to solve problems. I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm really not buying it. I'm back at Takiriko. Next up, we have got Sam Alvey taking on Wellington Thurman. Wellington Thurman, 8,400. Sam Alvey is 7,800. And one of the props that stuck out to me, and I know I should not feel good about this one, Sam Alvey via TKOKO plus 275. I mean, look, Sam Alvey, no one is ever going to say Sam Alvey equals volume striker because that's just not Sam Alvey's game. Here's what's, you know, I'm not a psychic, but here's what I feel pretty confident in saying. 
Sam Alvey will find his back up against the fence. He will gladly put his own back up against the fence and basically wait for Wellington Thurman to throw a punch. Wellington Thurman, to me, the path is to, to take this match up to the ground. But the, the one thing that's always frustrates the hell out of you if you're a Sam Alvey backer is he, he it's like Tyron Woodley. Woodley would always put his back right up against the fence. And man, I just hated it. Oh, 100%. And uh, where you start to see fighters fight like a shell of themselves, shell of themselves and not make adjustments from fight to fight. Like, you don't think that Sam Alvey's looked at fight tape and been like, ah, maybe I shouldn't put my back against the cage. But it's like execution where fight after fight, it's just habit and they do it over and over and over. And, you know, it's bailed them out a few times where they put their back against, they land a big shot. And next thing you know, they turn the tide of the fight and they ended up being victorious. I think that, you know, Sam Alvey is an interesting underdog and another fighter that I'm going to look to get to. Um, Sam, Sam Alvey is uh, 7,800. And I think that he can knock out Wellington, Wellington Terman because Terman's been knocked out in back-to-back fights against uh, Andrew Sanchez and then against Silva. And Silva one was a little interesting because it was on the mat where he was on bottom, his bottom hand was kind of trapped under leg, looking like he was going for, you know, either a sweep or trying to, to attempt an arm bar. And then, uh, you know, he was defenseless and ended up getting caught some shots. Sam Alvey typically has good takedown de- uh, defense, um, limited output power in both hands. Not really something that you want to hear when Wellington tournament's been, you know, knocked out in back-to-back fights. Wellington tournament's game is to implement takedowns and, uh, you know, be a little suffocating with the pace and all of that. I don't know, man, Sam Alvey needs this, this win to walk away, you know, to possibly get an extension on his deal or stay in the UFC, because if he doesn't win, he's out of the UFC. Uh, You know, he's had some close fights against a lot, a lot more dangerous opponents than uh, Wellington Terman. So I'm back in Sam Alvey 7,800. I hate saying that it's 2021, but I have to do it. I have to do it. Yeah, I, I think that we are both going to be similar to a, a lot of people that are going to be looking at Sam Alvey going, man, don't feel good about it. But if he does get it, you know, you would imagine it's going to be via stoppage there. I do think uh, Sam Alvey as a FanDuel play at $15 could be very interesting because I do expect that he is going to have to stop takedowns and, and he has shown good takedown defense. Next up, we have got a matchup. Uh, we got Dustin Jacoby taking on Darren Stewart. Jacoby, 8,800, 7,400 for Darren Stewart. Uh, heading into this week, Dustin Jacoby was someone I was thinking of. That price tag scares me, though. It does. It does scare me for, for DFS, but I, I really like Dustin Jacoby. Um, I think he's a better betting piece and uh, possibly over on FanDuel than on DraftKings. 8,800. Uh, we've seen him. He touches people up from the outside, has great leg kicks, uh, former glory kickboxer. Um, but, you know, we've seen him come back to MMA and he's looked good. I think that he got ragdolled somewhat against, uh, you know, Ian Kutalaba. And that's always worrisome, especially when you're going up against a guy that can implement some takedowns. But I don't really hold Darren Stewart to the same grappling or wrestling pedigree that I do Kudalaba. I don't hold Darren Stewart to the same degree that I hold Max and Grecian. Um, I think that Dustin Jacoby walks away victorious eight out of 10 times. I really like him in this spot. I think he's a cash piece. He could work towards a finish here against Darren Stewart because we've seen Stewart get finished um, a decent amount where like he'll get caught with, uh, you know, subs, um, you know, e- even get caught with some big shots and get rocked. 
I'm, I am foreseeing this going the distance, but I really like Dustin Jacoby a lot as far as he's going to be, he's going to win this fight. Yeah, I was kind of, when I was looking at the prop bets, I was kind of looking that Jacoby wins round three. I mean, you know, now Stewart at 205, yeah, as opposed to 185. But I, I look, I do feel that Jacoby is the right side to play in this matchup. It's just, it's a price tag situation of, of can't I fit Dust Jacoby in at 8,800 now? Of course, so before we move on to the next matchup, do want to let you know about a promo that we got going on right now over awesomeo.com. It's our early bird Awesome Plus NFL annual pass as you can right now can get 15% off with the promo code blitz. That's a full season worth of awesome plus player projections, ownership projections, top stacks, premium stacks, and a ton of new additions for this NFL season as added bonus. This also includes projections and updated depth charts all preseason long. That's promo code blitz for 15% off. Also plus NFL annual. Just click the link in the description of this video to activate it. Yeah. You got to be paying attention to those depth charts as the big cut down is coming up here just in a couple of days as we go from 80 to 53. And then 16, come back on the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, right. Man, um, it's uh, the cuts are always weird, but then, they, you know, their phones ring off the hook of, of you know, come back in for this and that. But it's always interesting, especially like if you're watching these uh, behind the scenes shows and you get to see you get attached to certain players and then you see them get cut or not make it. And you're like, man, you feel for these athletes and feels like you're back in high school running to the list to see who made the team and who didn't. It's always, I remember just back in the day, like you would hear players, they would say, who's the Turk? Who's the Turk? The guy that's going to say, hey, uh, bring your uh, playbook. The coach needs to see you. Yeah. And uh, I remember, was, I, I knew who it was. And I remember saying something to him and he's like, yeah, man, people are starting to figure out that I'm the guy. Because <laughs> you see it on Hard Knocks so many times of like, hey, uh, bring your playbook because uh, the head coach wants to see you, which you pretty much you know what that means in terms of there. But, yeah, you got to take advantage of that blitz problem we got going over there at awesomeo.com. Three more matchups to break down here. We've got a female matchup, J.J. Aldrich and Vanessa Dinopoulos. Uh Vanessa 7,100, J.J. Aldrich 9,100. Uh, Vanessa stepping in here for Tracy Cortez, who pulled out of the matchup. And, uh, I mean, look, it's uh, you have a sizable reach advantage here for J.J. Aldrich in terms of, of this one. I will tell you this, the Demopolis via submission prop, which is 14 to 1, is a juicy prop. Uh, if somehow she is going to pull this one off, to me, it will be via submission. I actually, so I spoke to her last Friday. We spoke at 11 a.m. She was supposed to be in the LFA card on Friday. And then about three hours after we get done with the interview, her management hits me up, goes, Hey, are you going to release that stuff with us interview today? I go, no, it's coming out on Sunday on the podcast. I go, well, that's good because she's in the UFC. Crazy, right? Things happen fast, man, especially when you're staying ready and you're, you're booked for a fight and people drop off and, you know, the UFC's looking for replacements. And I will tell you that Vanessa Demopoulos is a legitimate replacement. She really is. Um, she's exciting. She has excellent jujitsu. And I think that's where she could pull off the victory here. I think that prop bet is uh you know, a wise bet, especially because that's her path to victory. And if there's ever been an arm bar from guard uh, possibility, I think that Vanessa Demopoulos can pull it off. So don't be surprised if Demopoulos pulls off the arm bar from guard. But J.J. Aldrich will probably be wise to it. And, uh, you know, at 9,100, I don't know if I'll get there. 
honestly. I, I think that she's going to the win win the fight. I think she's going to be able to, you know, pick her apart in the stand up, uh, defend some takedowns, um, just kind of outclass her and show her that she's fought some legitimate competition that's kind of uh prepared her for a situation like this and a fighter like this, especially uh one making their UFC debut. Uh JJ Aldrich, you know, she's going to have a pretty sizable reach advantage in this matchup, which kind of threw me for a loop. Eight-inch reach advantage, 67 inches compared to Demopoulos' 59. Um, you know, Demopoulos' uh, striking defense is uh, not the best, and I think J.J. Aldrich can kind of l- uh, light her up like a Christmas tree. If somehow she gets rock-dropped, falls on her back, and Aldrich follows her to the mat, that's where things can get troublesome. So uh, that's the game of MMA, right, where you know a fighter at 7,100 can pull off this submission and uh, end up getting a victory when they were losing the fight. So I will have some limited exposure to Demopolis just based on that narrative and that path to victory. But I think Aldrich wins wins this fight eight out of ten times, and I'm pretty confident in saying that. 9,100, just not a salary I really want to get to, though. Yeah, I agree with you there in terms of J.J. Aldridge. I do think she's going to win this matchup. It should be noted that uh, you know a big part of the conversation I had with Vanessa was about changes that she has made. She has literally changed everything in her fight game. She left California, moved to Arizona, and you want to know who one of the fighters she's trained with recently? Who? Tracy Cortez. <laughs> Isn't that funny how it works? Yeah, so, I mean, look, there's a reason J.J. Aldrich is approaching a 4-1 to betting favorite in this one, but if Vanessa's going to win, it's her using her jiu-jitsu to potentially get a submission or maybe uh, a finish there, but this should be a a win there by J.J. Aldrich. Uh, Next up, we got Jamal Emers and Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini is one of these underdogs I'm targeting, Pete. Interesting. And, uh, you know, I do like Pat Sabatini. I like the camp that he comes from, Henzo Gracie Philly. Um, I know the head coach, Daniel Gracie, there. And, uh, you know, all those guys are really well prepared. You, you've seen like Sean Brady, all these guys that come from there. They're so well prepared. They have strong jujitsu, just good everywhere. And uh, I think that this is a very winnable fight for um, Pat Sabatini. But if I go back and I look at his uh, UFC debut, you know, I'm a little surprised at the lack of activity in the stats. I mean, listen to this. Uh it was a unanimous unanimous decision for Pat Sabatini. He landed 26 significant strikes, one takedown, one knockdown. Um, Tristan Connolly landed 19 significant strikes and one takedown. That's in a three-round fight, Jason. It's just mm-hmm. so very, very weird. And that's where you, you talk about fighters kind of like nullifying each other's strengths of you know who has decent takedown defense and this and that. I will say that Jamal Emers has an extreme volume advantage, but – it's based on the small sample size of Pat Sabatini's debut and Jamal Emmer's only having a few fights in the UFC, but yeah, I'll rattle them off. 5.75 significant strikes per minute for Jamal Emmer's in comparison to Pat Sabatini's 1.7. So those numbers are not the best. I do think that Jamal Emmer's has good enough wrestling to keep this upright for the most part. He tends to you know, initiate the takedowns and uh, we've seen it against uh, Vince Cachero uh, scoring five. He lost a close fight to Giga Chikadze um, on the on the uh, contender series. Actually, was knocked out by Julian Arosa, which kind of surprised a lot of people in that matchup. But I am siding with Jamal Emers. I understand the Pat Sabatini love seventy nine hundred. He's a phenomenal BJJ practitioner and can definitely work work some submissions into this fight and possibly pull off the upset. I think stand up. I think Emers will have 
the advantage. And at 8,300, this is a fight where I don't know if production really comes because they're just both so talented. I'm okay with getting away from this fight for most of my lineups, but I am siding with Emmers. Pete, I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. All right, let's hear it. I'm targeting someone in the first fight of the night. Okay. I do think the first fight of the night is very volatile and probably going to be, you know, a part of the optimal lineup. But let's hear it, Jason. Mana Martinez. Now, if you've been a watcher of myself and Pete here for a long time, you may remember I brought his name up a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. when Adrian Yanez took on Randy Costa. Mana Martinez was Adrian Yanez's main sparring partner to get okay. ready for Randy Costa. He is a striker. Look, if Guido is going to pull this off to me, it's about you utilizing takedowns to take Mana down. Yeah. Now, what is interesting also kind of, you know, inside the fight game here is Saul Solis, who passed away two weeks ago, that was Mano Martinez's head coach. Of course, the head coach of Adrian Gagnez as well. So this will be his first fight without his head coach here. So I think that's something there. But I do like this matchup here for Mano Martinez. That's such a difficult thing to deal with, right? Because you have to balance your emotions. And I've mentioned it on the show in the past, and I'm going to bring it up now again, is when Mark Hominick lost his coach and went through with the fight with the Korean zombie. And he went out there to, you know, release all that anger and sadness and all that emotion. And he, you know, ended up getting clipped and dropped and finished against the Korean zombie very early because he was fighting emotional. You do wonder if Mark Martinez does pull that same card. I think that just in general, he's a very aggressive striker and he possesses power in each strike that he throws which is uh, not good for Guido Canetti, who is aging. And uh, in his losses, he's been rocked, dropped, uh, knocked down, knocked out, and uh, you know been hurt plenty of times. And he's been submitted as well. So I do think that Mana Martinez needs to defend takedowns, which uh, I think Guido Canetti is going to be shooting early and often. And uh, I will say that this fight will be a part of the optimal lineup. Uh, Mana Martinez is one of my favorite fighters on the entire slate. I like him a lot. But as far as a contrarian approach, Guido Canetti is the UFC vet. He has, uh, you know, solid wrestling in jiu-jitsu, 7,200. If he's able to get Mana Martinez down and possibly work towards a submission or, you know, just I don't think he's going to be able to last three rounds with Mana Martinez. He needs to try to submit him. I think that's like a 20% outcome. uh, Mana Martinez is going to knock him out in this fight, in my opinion. So 9,000, I'm backing Martinez quite a bit. Of course, uh, coming up next is MLB Deeper Dive, followed by MLB Live Before Lock. Of course, uh, we'll get a couple of things in here before we get out of here. Of course, be sure to subscribe also right here on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that notification bell. That really does help us a lot as well. Uh, let's go through quickly our straight-up fight picks here. Uh, I will go Edson Barboza, Brian Battle, Bray Heinstead, Kevin Lee, Andre Petrosky, Mahmoud Amiradov, Alisa DeCherico, Sam Alvey, Dustin Jacoby, J.J. Aldrich, Pat Sabatini and Mana Martinez. All right. I will go Edson Barboza, Brian Battle, uh, Brady Heistan, Daniel Rodriguez, Andre Petrosky, Mahmoud Muradov, Alessio DeKirico, Sam Alvey, Dustin Jacoby, JJ Aldrich, uh, Jamal Emmers, and Mana Martinez. And let's get uh, Sam's super chat and then we'll get out of here. Sam's usual questions. First up, we'll go top two cash. I would say um, top two cash. I will go. Andre Petrosky and Mahmoud Muradov. Uh top G2 GPPs. Um 
I will say Petrosky and Mana Martinez. Yeah, I'm with you on there. In terms of underdogs, uh, to me, I- I'm looking at Sam Alvey as one of them. Pat Sabatini is another underdog, and uh, Brady Heinstead, to me, is another underdog to target there. Uh, in terms of MVPs, I will tell you, I'm looking at Mana Martinez as an MVP, uh, Murdoff, I think, is another kind of because, especially on the FanDuel side of the equation, he's going to stop takedowns, gets a, potentially gets a stoppage. I think that's someone that you got to target there when we're talking about MVP as well. Uh, you know, to me, leverage plays, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, Alessio DiCherico, I think, is a, is a leverage play in terms of their, of course, armbar from guard. We've already mentioned that one with hmm. Vanessa Nanopoulos. Uh, We've already talked about first fight night in Optimal. We mentioned that as well. Um, you know, I think there's some other fights. I think you got uh, Murdoff Mearshart, I think, is another one in terms of, I think, the winner of that one ends up optimal. Anything else you want to mention here with what Sam had to uh, his questions? No, I, I think that for me, the underdogs, I like Brady Heistan and Daniel Rodriguez. Overall, I think the fights to target Kevin Lee, Daniel Rodriguez, the first fight of the night, um, I think that those two are very, very important. And uh, I'm excited for this card, Jason. And, you know, thank you guys so much for all the support. If you can hit that thumbs up button, we really do appreciate it. I will be back on Saturday. I'm excited for this. And, uh, yeah. I will not be here. Well, I'll be here on Saturday for the NASCAR show. We'll not be here for, for the live before lock. So, but we'll be back next week for the strategy show. Of course, coming up next is MLB Deeper Dive as Eric and Adam will get you ready for tonight's MLB slate. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Arsenal MMA strategy show. Good luck on Saturday with your lineups. And I will talk to you again next week on the Arsenal MMA strategy show. Good afternoon, everybody. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.